Hello, I am back for another episode of Confessions of a Personal Trainer. Decided to go straight in today without an intro, just straight in to the music. So, did that confuse you? Sorry if it did, I just fancied a change, see if it works. But it's mid-Jan, so we are halfway through January, and I've seen a lot of gym-related posts on social media, and of course, January is known for the time of year for heading to the gym, maybe for beginners, maybe just trying to get back into a routine to start the year well, but I know how difficult it can be to get into a gym, especially for the first time. So today's episode is about how to challenge your thinking if you are new and nervous to the gym. And I'm also going to throw in some frequently asked questions that I get as a personal trainer. So thinking about gym anxiety, I'm lucky in a sense that I'm in a gym environment every day. So I'm quite comfortable with gym kit and machines and I could quite happily walk into a new gym and see it like a playground and love it and enjoy it. Uh, In fact, I remember there was a time when I was doing my bodybuilding show a few years ago in 2019 when each week I would try and train in a different gym just for a change of scenery, just to do something um, a little bit different, train somewhere new and I really enjoyed it. I love walking into a new gym but they can seem scary and intimidating places and I, I absolutely see that and I see a lot of my clients, especially people who maybe aren't familiar with a gym or are coming to me as their first entry to exercise I see how scary it can be going into a gym and it is but it's a massive thing so I fully respect any new beginner in a gym because I know that it's not easy so I'm hoping that I can help challenge some thoughts and maybe help to consider some new ways of looking at the gym or entering a gym for the first time. So my first one would be to to think about the benefits of exercise. So we might label a gym as scary, but there are far more benefits from going into a gym than reasons to be scared of the gym. So I could list loads here, but let's just think about a few. So just moving and exercise in general is gonna be improving health. And if you're entering a gym, you're likely gonna be getting out of your comfort zone. It could become a new hobby as well. So I know for some people, if you're already nervous about going to the gym, you probably won't think it's gonna be a long-term hobby or something you're gonna enjoy, but it could be. There's so many people who I know that the gym has become a hobby and that's that's really nice. It's really nice to see. You're also gonna meet new people, which might lead to making new friends. You're gonna learn something new. And then even things like helping to create better sleeping patterns or helping create healthy habits, helping create a better routine with food. So there's so many benefits that you might not realize and they would definitely outweigh the reasons to be afraid of the gym. Of course, it's easy to say that, but I think sometimes you don't see the benefits or you won't realize the benefits until they are happening. So sometimes it's it's not something you'll see straight away either. You might not see these benefits until they're in your life. So until you've maybe met a friend at the gym and then you'll message outside of the gym and then you start to arrange sessions to go together and then you think, oh wow, I wouldn't have made this friend if I didn't go to the gym. And then that leads nicely onto another tip, which would be to train with a friend. So it can be a lot more fun and a lot more relaxed if you head to the gym with a friend. Although the only thing with that is you are more likely to be 
doing a lot more talking than training, but it is a good motivator, so it can help you show up. You know, sometimes the hardest part of getting to the gym is the turning up. So if you've got a friend that you're gonna meet there or you'll go together, that's more of a reason to show up, so you're a bit more accountable to somebody. Also, it, it can be helpful to be training with somebody else as well, just because then it's two of you together. I think quite a lot of people are afraid of doing the wrong thing in the gym. So sometimes it's less scary to do the wrong thing if you're with someone else, because then you can make it more fun, you can laugh. If you're doing the wrong thing, you can just have a laugh about it. But on your own, it's a little bit more scary, a bit more intimidating. So I think sometimes it is really helpful to have a friend. Um, and then again, it, it, it links back in with, with the hobby and becomes more of like, like a social occasion then, which is quite nice. And then I think you need to remind yourself as well that it's, it's you versus you. So quite often we go to the gym thinking, oh, but what if so-and-so will be watching me or look at them, they look like they know what they're doing and they look really good. And then it can be really hard to switch off and ignore the gym floor, ignore what's going on. But you really should aim to be in your zone. So everybody there is there for them. And then if you're less focused on what other people are doing, you've got more attention to be focused on what you're doing. So sometimes you need to just create your own little bubble. So get your headphones out, put on your workout playlist, stay focused on your workout. Something else I'd recommend is having a plan. So if you're not following a plan, this could be giving you more gym anxiety because first you're working yourself up about getting to the gym, but then you get there and it's like, okay, now what? And then that can be more thought provoking, more concerns about what am I doing? What should I be doing? What are they doing? And then you end up doing a few squats here, a couple of minutes cycle there, and you don't really have a plan, but then you showed up and you've left. So it counts as a session, right? But actually this now could be a chance to get creative. You could write yourself a plan. So think about what exercises do you like doing or what would you like to improve on or do more of. This could be your chance to try out new exercises. And then finally, which would then link into this next one, ask for help. So if you are creating your own plan and you're not sure what to do, ask, ask a PT in your area or in your local gym. Obviously you can message me if you are local to me, but if you're in, I don't know, a random pure gym in Nottingham and you are in the gym thinking, I'd really like to try and do some squats, but you're not sure what to do, ask a trainer because that's what they're there for. And although that can be intimidating, the thought of a personal trainer can be intimidating. I like to think that we are approachable and knowledgeable and would offer our help to anybody. So if you did have a question about an exercise or a plan, then I definitely recommend getting a trainer, even if it's a short-term thing and it's it's your idea to, to build some confidence, it's really good because it can be really effective. It's gonna help you learn how to do something safely and effective and then you're likely to want to keep going to try new things to learn new things so definitely would suggest ask either either asking for help while you're while you're there in a session or getting a few sessions booked so that you've got something in the diary something booked and then it's a meeting at the gym then that can sometimes take take away a bit of the pressure because then you don't need to think about what you need to do you just turn up get told what to do and that can be quite helpful for some Okay, speaking of personal trainers. So this time of year is when people often come to a personal trainer. Not always, because it's not necessarily the busiest time of the year, but 
typically speaking, January is when people are more likely to approach me and ask for help. And I've already seen this week the most common questions. So I'm going to do um, a frequently asked questions. So I've, I've picked three. Um, that I three questions that I get asked a lot and I've seen them crop up lately. So number one is um, what is the best exercise to either lose belly fat or tone my arms? So that's just an example. So a lot of people would say, what's the best exercise to lose belly fat? Or what is the best exercise to tone my arms? Now, first of all, I don't like the word toned. And, um, and I'll, I'll explain why in a minute. But um, let's. I'm going to use toned for the sake of this discussion. Um, but secondly, you can't really choose... Well, no, I'm going to take the really out. You can't choose where you want to lose belly fat or what, if you where you want to lose fat from. So you can't say... I'm gonna lose his belly fat, or I'm gonna lose my fat around my legs. It doesn't work like that. And I wish it was possible, because if it was, then everybody would be happy. But it's not that simple. But what you can do is follow a program where you are hitting all muscle groups and building some muscle mass. So don't panic, that's not as scary as it sounds. Building muscle mass is what is gonna give you the toned look that everybody says they want. So when people say they wanna tone their arms, it actually means that their arms have got more muscle. So the more muscle you have, the less body fat you're gonna store, which means your body shape will look toned. So you'll get that toned look by having some more muscle mass. It doesn't mean you're gonna be huge, like muscular, it won't happen like that. Muscle is actually really hard to build. So you're not gonna build loads and loads of muscle and look like you're about to do some kind of world's strongest man competition. That's not gonna happen. It just means that your overall body shape is likely to change. Secondly, to lose body fat, you'd need to be in a calorie deficit. So in simple terms, this means looking at energy in versus energy out. So if we look at energy as calories, calories in versus calories out, and your body would need to be burning more than you're consuming. So I'm gonna go into that in a bit more detail. So to look at your calorie needs or to look at how many calories you would be typically be burning you can use what is called um, a bmr so your basal metabolic rate and this would determine your amount of energy that your body would burn while resting so the amount of calories that your body would burn just by staying alive so just by breathing just by the organs working by chewing food uh, just by staying alive, your body is working really, really hard and burning calories. So this is the part that people often don't account for. So if if they hear that they need to burn off more than they eat, people automatically assume that they need to burn 2,000 calories. And you don't need to burn that many. So it's likely that your body is burning around 1,500 calories a day. This is dependent on your weight, your height, your body composition. So it is different for everybody. And it is dependent on your activity levels as well. So if you're an active person and you do a job that requires you to be on your feet all day and maybe you're moving around, you get your steps in, you're up and down lifting things maybe, this is also gonna be contributing to your total daily energy expenditure, which is known as TDEE. If you are a not so active person, and maybe you sit at a desk all day, you're gonna be burning less calories because you're not moving 
which is going to affect your overall daily calories burned. So the overall energy burned will be different for everybody. So it depends on your BMR and your TDEE. Now there are calculators online that you can use to kind of work out what your stats would be. And it is different for everybody, but going back to the calorie deficit, so let's say that if your body is burning 1500 calories a day, and that is just your BMR and because you're a fairly active person, and then again, that number would be different. So what your body is going to be burning without exercise would be based on your um, personal information like your weight, your height, your body composition and your activity levels. Also age as well, it's different with age. But let's just say, let's take an average person that might burn 1500 calories a day before exercise. If they then went for a long walk, so they've done an hour walk and they did a 20 minute cycle, for example, and they've burnt 500 calories through exercise. That would mean the total burn for the day, including the exercise and just what the body has burned staying alive, would be 2,000 calories. So if that person then eats 1,500 calories that day, they're in a 500 calorie deficit. If they continue that deficit over the week, over two weeks, three weeks, the month, that is what is going to create the fat loss. So there needs to be a calorie deficit in place, the body needs to be burning more energy than what is being consumed. And that is how fat loss occurs. So that is that's a really long-winded way of um, telling someone how they can tone their arms. But basically, it comes down to progressive overload in the gym. So having a structured training plan that means you are hitting all muscle groups and also being in a calorie deficit so that is the most common I don't answer it in that way in the gym either I would usually just say come to your training sessions and eat a good diet and then maybe take them to one side later on and go into more detail but this is the kind of overwhelming detail that people think well I'm not going to get my head around that I won't understand that so there's no point but then in hopefully that is a simple way of explaining it but once you do get your head around it it's not that complicated I think it's just, it's the fact that we want results straight away and when you hear something technical like this, you think, okay, this is going to be harder than what I imagined. And that actually brings me on to my my second frequently asked question, which is how long until I start to see results or how long will it take me to lose X amount of pounds? And we always want results right now, don't we? So my advice, which I've said in probably every single episode I've ever recorded, would be to focus on the process and not the results. And yes, results are great. Sure, we always want results. But what is going to happen when you get your results? So what happens, let's say you say, okay, I want to lose £10. But then what? So what happens when you've lost that £10? Then you'll probably think, great, my hard work's done now, my mission's complete, I've lost my £10, and you'll probably stop working. So then you're going to lose the £10 progress or whatever. Instead, you need to be proud that you're taking action. So you need to focus on that you're making a positive change. Be proud of yourself. Be happy that you're making that positive change. Enjoy all the benefits that you're creating. And the answer is, uh, it's probably going to take a lot longer than you would like. And then question three, which isn't really a question, but it's more of a statement, but it's just, it's mentioned quite a lot. And that's, I bet you're so motivated 
and I'm not. So I think people assume that because I'm in a gym environment all the time, that means I'm more motivated and it doesn't. It gives me a convenience. So, okay, yeah, it's it's convenient that I've just finished coaching somebody and it's now my turn to train. So it takes out the travel time. I'm already there, but it doesn't mean I'm any more motivated. And in fact, I think I'm less motivated now than when I didn't work in a gym. So when I worked in an office, I would have probably a bit more structure then. So I would usually wake up and train about 6am. So my alarm would go off at 5am and then I'd get ready, drive to the gym, but I'd have that that journey time. So I'd have my drive to the gym where I'd be eating a pre-workout bagel and drinking a black coffee and I'd, or I'd have a PT session. I'd have the gym location. I'd have like specific things that would link in or like associate with my session where now I work and train from the same place and occasionally I go and train at a different gym but typically train at the same place just because it's easier and for time it just makes more sense so I usually train around my clients which means it's whenever I get time sometimes it's 10 a.m sometimes it's 3 p.m sometimes it gets to 7 p.m and then I think right maybe I can squeeze one in now and sometimes I end up skipping it and then I'll just think oh I'll just train tomorrow so I've probably got less routine now less structure but I do it because it's a commitment. So it's part of my routine, it's part of my lifestyle. So I know that if I don't train today, it's not the end of the world, I'll I'll get a session in tomorrow, but I like to train because I enjoy it and it's it's part of my lifestyle. So I don't rely on motivation because I can't. My motivation isn't always there. I have to rely on my discipline and my habits. So I am wrapping up here, but as always, thank you so much for listening. And if you've got questions as well, or if you've got maybe a, an episode topic idea, send it over to me. Always like to hear your thoughts on the episodes anyway. So tag me in this on Instagram. If you've listened to it, my Instagram is at underscore Chloe Longstaff and I'll leave it in the episode details, but do get in touch with any comments, any feedback, any suggestions. Or, of course, if you would like to train with me. But that is all for today and I will be back again really soon for another episode.